at the beginning. So I just want to thank Pastor, honor Pastor, and Miss Jill. I want to thank them for allowing me and trusting me to, to minister to y'all today. They'll be back next week. Uh, so just uh, they're out for the weekend. Uh, so just pray that they get refreshed and enjoy their time together, and we will see them back in the pulpit next week. <clears throat> but uh, Pastor, when he asked me to speak to you today, he asked me if I would kind of share my testimony with you on this recent health journey that I've gone through. And um, so I, I told him I would, but I, I don't want to focus so much on that. I'm going to give you some background so that you understand the foundation from which I, I'm coming from. And I'm going to give you some details um, there. But I really want to talk to you today about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Because that's really um, what I learned a lot through this journey. And it's really what I experienced. And because I know that that's not something that's just for me, right? It's, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit for all of us. Um, I just wanted to share with you my testimony, how I walked through that, and then maybe that will help you, right? Maybe you'll get something out of this. And so, but before I get started with all that, I do want to thank you guys once again um, for the tremendous, tremendous outpouring of love and support that you showed me and my family during that time, the cards, the prayers, the letters, the phone calls, the meals, the text messages, um, all of that. I can't, to say we were blessed is like an understatement. I, I just really don't know the words to tell you um, how much you blessed us um, and how overwhelming it was and how what you guys did and what you poured into our lives just really added to the atmosphere of peace and safety that we already kind of felt around us. And so I just want to thank you again um, for what you guys, what you guys did and, and what you guys showed to us. But, and I want to give honor to the Lord because he just obviously ordered my steps and my family steps through this whole thing because, you know, he knows our name, right? And so if, it's all about relationship. And if you've been coming to this church for any amount of time, you know that we are not about religion, okay? It, religion is going to kill you. It's death. There's nothing in religion. It's just a bunch of rules that man made up, keep you in line. To, it's all about relationship, personal relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where everything flows out of. That's where everything comes from. And so I just thank him for knowing my name and for before the foundations of the earth, making a plan to interact with us so that we could have a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with him, right? Before he even created us, he already knew our names and knew that he wanted to, to have a relationship with us. You know, none of us really know what tomorrow is going to bring in our lives. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if the next phone call that we receive is going to completely change our lives. We don't know if we open up Facebook or Instagram or our text message, if what we read next is going to be something 
that just out of left field totally changes everything. We just don't know what life has in store. And so we can either choose to be in constant worry and anxiety and anxious about what, when is the next shoe going to drop, what's going to happen, or we can choose to accept the peace that God has for us that we can walk in. It's your choice. See, so much, I mean, God, I'm already off my notes. God provided salvation for us completely free. Nothing we have to do for that except accept it, right? He puts us in a position of right standing with him at that point. He's the one who does that, not us. So we can't take ourselves out of that position because he's the one who put us in that position. Okay, so we know that. But there's so many things in, that he has given us, so many gifts that he has given us that we have to make the choice as to whether or not we're going to walk in that, believe it, or accept it. He's paid for it. It's all right there. He's freely giving it to us, but we have to make the choice as to whether or not we're going to receive it, right? Well, that's kind of what happened um, with me back on September 27th. It was a Sunday. It was a regular day. Came to church with you all that day. It was a great day. Uh, felt great. No problems. Went home. Did what we do on Sundays. You know, which is usually lay around, watch a movie, eat dinner, you know. Felt good. Never felt bad. Never felt bad prior to that. So come 9 o'clock at night. Now just bear with me. I'm going to give you some details just because it, it builds the foundation here, okay? About 9 o'clock at night rolls around. I started feeling uncomfortable in my chest and some a little bit of uncomfortable down my right arm to about my elbow not pain just uncomfortable but it was a, a feeling that I had never felt before in all my life so I it caught my attention because I said all right now this is different this I've not felt before and then I noticed I couldn't breathe very well when I sat down. I couldn't breathe very well when I laid down. But when I was standing and walking around, I was just fine. If I laid down, my head reclined up a little bit, I was just fine. So I said, okay, being that I am, you can ask anybody who knows me, I don't go to the doctors. I just don't. Um, and, I be, and to be honest with you, I've been really healthy my whole life. I've just never had medical issues never been an issue for me. I've been very blessed in that area. <clears throat> and so I said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to monitor this and see what happens. Because if this is still feeling this way in the morning, then maybe this is something. So I, I, end, I did end up falling asleep. And about 3 a.m. in the morning, I woke up and I still had this same uncomfortable feeling. And I said, hmm, th this isn't right. And then I, I I knew the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit at that point. You need to go get this checked out because if you don't, this will not end well for you. I said, okay. So I got dressed, woke up my husband. We only live a couple miles from the hospital. 
We had little Izzy with us. She had to go to school in the morning, so he had to stay home. And I said, um, I'm going to go to the emergency room. Just was checked out. Well, his antenna went up then. He was a little concerned then because he's been with me for how long now? 26 years, 27 years. And, um, and he knows I, I don't do that. And so he said, really? I said, yeah. He said, okay. So I got to the emergency room, still feeling really not bad, just different. Um, they took my blood pressure at that point. It was 232 over 108. And they said, okay, something, something's going on here because I've never had blood pressure problems either. So <clears throat> after further investigation, a little bit more tests, a heart cath, that they did the, um, that uh, morning, they then informed me that, okay, well, darling, you're going to have to go in for a quadruple bypass, and we're going to do that on Wednesday. I said, all right. Well, that wasn't on my radar. I wasn't expecting that. There was, uh, there was, it wasn't on my radar at all. But I can tell you that in that moment, when the doctor told me that, there was no fear. There was no fear. The thought that came to my mind at that point is, well, Lord, this isn't my battle. This is your battle. You're going to have to fight this thing, and I'm just along for the ride. So I'm going with you on this. I trust you. Now, that peace that I had was a peace that surpassed all understanding. And see, I know many of you, I'm looking at several of you right now in this room that have had this very same news given to them and you have gone through the very same procedure I went through. And, and, I, can, and, and I know some of you have gone through worse, you know, but I can tell you that peace that surpassed all understanding immediately fell on me. And here was my, my thought. I said, well, I said, okay. I was half in it, half out of it. I was okay. But I was a little bit more concerned about how my husband was going to take that phone call from the hospital than, because it, during COVID, so he wasn't allowed to um, visit me or be with me at all during any, you know, the whole time. Uh, he was allowed to be with me at the emergency room, but once that was over with, that was it. He wasn't allowed back to see me again after until he picked me up to go home. So I was a little bit more concerned about how he was going to handle it, but I had complete peace. But let me tell you where that comes from. That comes from knowing who your father is and not accepting accusations against him. Pastor says all the time, God good, devil bad. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Kindergartner can understand that. God good, devil bad. You have to know that you know that you know that your father loves you. And that no matter what, he already knew what's coming in your life. He already knows what's coming in your life. He will take you through every situation. Now, I've never been a person to say, why me? That's just never been in me. 
uh, my father, we used to call him Mr. Spock because he was just one of these guys that was, um, he was, he was intelli very intelligent, but he was just uh, very realistic, my dad. Now, he passed when I was 23, um, which was a bummer because we were just starting to get into those real conversations, you know, on a different level when he passed. But one of the things that he always taught us, he just taught, he always taught us, look, you're just going to have to face whatever's in front of you, deal with it, and move on. That's life. It happens to everybody. You're not better than anybody else. You're not less than anybody else. But life is going to happen to you. Don't waste your time saying, why me, why me, why me? Because why not you? Why not you? You want it to happen to your neighbor and not to you? I mean, life just happens. So I've never been a person that um, when things happen that I dwell on, why, why me? Why did this happen to me? I just assume that's life. Things happen. We deal with it. But God plans for all these things. God knew that we would need peace that surpassed all understanding because he knew life would throw us curveballs. We have an enemy of our soul, people. He does nothing but steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job, okay? That's what he does. So he's going to continue to do that until he's finally subdued in the end. Okay, so know that when things that things are going to happen. I am so far off my notes that I don't even know where I'm at anymore. So, um, but when they came up to get me for the operation, the nurse that came up to get me for the operation said to me, he said, you know, I've, take, I've come up and I've taken an awful lot of people down for this surgery. And I have to say, in all my years, you are by far the calmest, most laid-back person I've seen facing this surgery. And I told him the same exact thing that, that I said when I heard the news. I said, that's because it's not my battle. It's the Lord's battle. And he's got me. And here's the thing. For me personally, no matter what the outcome is, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Death has no, I, I don't fear death. It's not an issue for me because I know where I go after this. Death is, has no power. It's been defeated, right? Death is just the doorway we walk through into glory. That's all that death is. Right? That's the, the doorway we walk into where we finally receive the reward that we have been contending for. And we are in glory. We are in eternity. We are in a place. Can you imagine a place of pure, unconditional love? There's no backstabbing, there's no negative drama. There's no people jockeying for position. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's just pure, unconditional love. So my thought process is, well, if I don't make it through the operation, that's where I end up. Uh, nothing to be sad about there. 
right? And if I do make it through the operation, then um, healing, and I walk out the destiny that God has for me in my life, and it's a win-win either way. I didn't focus on any other options. Now, I will tell you this. I tried to focus on other options, all right? Because here was my thought process and my great wisdom that I have. I was like, you know, this is a pretty major thing. You ought to be a little concerned. You ought to be a little worried. Are you sure you're normal? <laughs> you know, maybe there's something in you not working right. And uh, so I tried to meditate on the negative outcomes. And I could not. I could not. The Holy Spirit would not allow my mind or spirit to stay focused on the negative for more than about 30 or 45 seconds. I, and I tried. And I said, okay, well, then this isn't me. All right, I got it now, Lord. This is you. This is not me, because if it was me, I'd be able to stay right there. It was almost like when I first got saved. When I first got saved back, I was 27 years old, and I got saved on a Sunday. And then on Friday, Friday, I went with my friends. I did the same thing I did all the time. We went to our favorite bars, decided to go party. I, I, I didn't know enough of anything, so I just went back to what I was doing. You know, I just figured, all right, you do this on Sunday or whatever. So I was at my favorite place where I always had a good time, had my beer in my hand, and um, could not enjoy myself. I didn't have a good time. I just, I was antsy. I wanted to get out of there. And so my thought process was, why am I not enjoying this? Why am I not having a good time? And I know it was the Lord said, because this is not who you are anymore. I said, ah, this is the way that works. Okay. But see, he didn't have to force me out, right? He didn't have to hammer me over the head and say, you bad person, don't be in these bars. What are you doing? You're a Christian now. My heart did not want to be there anymore. My desires had changed. The things that made me happy had changed. Well, that's the way it was when I was trying to dwell on the negative. And I said, all right, I'm going to see if, the, if I can dwell on the negative. Something's wrong. And I was like, I can't do it. And I got the same answer. That's because that's not who you are anymore. See, the salvation experience should change you. Not because you're following rules. Not because you're trying to keep your place before the Father and trying to keep in good standing with the Father because he loves you no matter what. You're, you're in the right place with him. But if you submit your life fully to the Holy Spirit that dwells within you, you cannot help from being changed. All right, one of the things when I was saved, one of the things that I was fearful of, you know, before you're saved, I don't know for all of y'all, but for me, I had a lifestyle 
that definitely didn't line up with the word, okay? Um, but I enjoyed that lifestyle. I enjoyed my friends. Um, you know, I had a good time for a while. And, and one of the things was, it's going to be real hard to try to discipline myself not to be who I've been for these 27 years and doing these things. It's going to be real hard. And all of a sudden, all the things that I love to do, all the things that make me happy, they're just going to be ripped and torn away from me. And, and what am I going to do? And that kept me from being saved for a little while. But when I finally crashed my life to the point that I turned my eyes upward and said, you know, you're going to have to fix this. If, if you're out there, then uh, if you're out there, show me where you're at because you're going to have to fix that. When I finally made that decision and turned my life over to the Lord, I started finding that the desires of my heart just changed. I didn't have to force myself to give up anything. I didn't have to, to um, force myself to change from things because those things didn't interest me anymore. I didn't see any life in those things. I didn't see any benefit in those things. You know, Paul tells us that, look, you're free to do all things. We're free to choose to do whatever we want to do. If you want to go out and sin, you can go do it. You're free. But not all things are beneficial. They bring destruction into your life. I told you I had some scripture. And I do. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Talking about the peace of God. <clears throat> now I'm going to read to you the New King James Version. Then I'm going to read to you the Passion Translation Version. We don't have that to put on the screen, so I'll just ask you to listen to that. But New King James Version, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And... The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now notice, right there, there's something we have to do. We have to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God. Okay? will surpass all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, Paul talking here, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. There's some qualifiers in there. If you want to walk in the peace of God, there's some things you have to do. Listen to this in the Passion Version. Don't be pulled in different directions 
worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then, then, God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Praise him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. See, sometimes we forget we have got to cooperate with the Spirit of God. I see so many people, and I have done it myself, especially with our tongues. <laughs> oh, I don't know why people feel that it's their right to say whatever it is that they're thinking at the time. No, it's not. Sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. That old saying about, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say it at all. There's a lot of truth to that right there. We can change it for us Christians and say, look, if you cannot speak life into somebody, then don't speak. Don't speak. There's enough of the world cursing them and putting death all over them. They don't need, your, they don't need a Christian. Someone who professes out of their mouth to be a follower of Christ. Putting them in their place. I see this from people all the time. Well, I told them what I thought. Ain't nobody going to disrespect me. And you wonder why you have chaos in your life. You wonder why you walk in no peace. We cannot cooperate with the enemy of our souls and then expect God's peace to overwhelm our lives. You can't do it. The devil's job description, what is it? Steal, kill, destroy. That's all he's going to bring you people. He's not going to change his character. And because you're cooperating with him, now he's going to bring joy and peace and love into your life just to show you how much he appreciates your cooperation. No. He's got three things he's going to do, and that's all he's going to do. And it doesn't matter how much you cooperate with him. He's going to pay you in death. Period. He will never, ever change. So if you want to walk in peace, now remember here when you hear this, because I'm a, I'm a, we're not necessarily talking about salvation here. All right? Let's keep this separate. I'm talking about walking in the things that God has purchased for you that you can have.
All right, you can be a saved Christian and live in chaos and defeat your whole Christian life. And that's your choice if that's what you want to do. But you don't have to. You don't have to. You were created to eat from the king's table, not be a dog that eats the crumbs that fall off the table. Remember who you are and rise above the things of the world. Rise above the things that held you down. And walk in all these gifts that God has for you. Walk in the perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. There really is a peace that when everything in your life is falling apart and everything around you doesn't make sense, you really truly can still walk in peace. Because peace that God gives us does not come from the world. It doesn't come from the things you own. You can't buy peace. You can't barter for it. You cannot steal it. It doesn't care if you're the most powerful person in the world or you're the most beautiful person in the world or you own uh, 15 yachts and a home on every continent. It doesn't care. It's not impressed. Peace only comes from aligning your life with the word of God. There's a lot, you know, sin is sin for a reason. Especially young people, I know I was this way. But you kind of think of God sometimes as this big meanie who sits up in the clouds on his throne and he just creates a whole bunch of rules for us because he's not really concerned about whether or not we're happy or not. He just wants to see if we'll follow the rules, and then maybe he'll let us in, right? But sin is sin for a reason. Sin is sin because it destroys. God loves us so much, he's telling us, look, you are completely free, and if you want to choose sin, you can, but don't. Because it only brings death. What does the word tell us that the wages of sin is? Death. Because sin will give you a paycheck. Sin will pay you for your services. But sin will pay you in death. God loves us so much. And he wants us to walk in perfect peace. He wants us to be able to walk through the storms that the enemy throws at us in our life and, and, and be able to just walk through it and the enemy just be flabbergasted. What? I thought that would get them. I thought that would take them down. How are they still serving God after I threw that at them? How are they still loving people after they were hurt like that? Especially if you were hurt by another Christian. Because, you know, we get hurt by people in the world, we expect that. They don't know any better. Right? But when we get hurt by somebody in the church, 
Oh, Lord, that just takes it to a whole nother level. Because our mind is they ought to know better than that. They should have known better. And so we hold them to a different standard. We hold them to a different level. And, and because we do that, and yeah, they should have known better. But because we do that and hold them to another level, then see, we justify holding on to the unforgiveness and pain too. Because we say, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. If it was somebody in the world that hurt me, then I can get over that. I'll, I'll push that aside. But if it's a Christian, well, that's a whole different level now. And so now, somehow, that justifies my unforgiveness. I can justify it now because it was a Christian that hurt me. It was somebody in church that hurt me. No, you can't. Unforgiveness is unforgiveness is unforgiveness is unforgiveness. And why does God want us to let go of unforgiveness? Because it brings death into your life. You cannot have peace that surpasses all understanding if you are holding things against people. You cannot have peace that surpasses all understanding if you're stealing from people. If you're in relationships you know you shouldn't be in. If you're hurting people. If you're backstabbing people. If you're living two lives. Got one foot in the world and one foot in the, in the church. All right, if we're doing that, and trust me, I have done it. I'm speaking from experience here. I've done these things. You cannot have peace. Have you ever seen people and it's like their life is always in chaos? Always. There's always something. It's not that people are doing things against them and their life is so terrible. The chaos is within them. So wherever they are, there is chaos. But we can be a light to show that wherever we are, there is peace. And just like when that nurse came into the room and he, he now look, I didn't act any different. I really didn't have much of a conversation with that nurse, to be honest with you. I mean, he came in and checked on me the day before, told me he was going to be the one who rolled me down there or whatever. And then he showed back up, and he rolled me down there. So how he was able to say that I was the most calm he'd ever seen and, and laid back, I'm not really sure because that puzzled me because I didn't have much of a conversation with the gentleman. You know, I didn't preach to him. I didn't tell him about the Lord. I didn't do any of that stuff. But see, the Holy Spirit lives in us. We should change the atmosphere just by our presence. And you have to remember, it's not us. It's not us. It's us up until the point that we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, okay? That's us. We have to choose to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. But when we choose to do that, he does it from there. 
he does it from there. I want to read to you about the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit because peace is one of them. This is a little lengthy. Again, it's from the Passion Translation. I do like that because it's just so easy to understand. I'm going to read it to you. As you this is Galatians 5, <coughs> 16 through 25. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. We spoke about that earlier. That's a natural thing. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living freely within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are yourself of the life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. You got a battle going on. You got a war going on. Nobody else sees it, but it's all right inside of here. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Now look, when I read these to you, so many of these things right now, we just accept this. This is the way we do it. This is life because we've compromised with the world. All right, so when you hear some of these things, I guarantee you some people are going to get offended by listening, listing these things because we've just accepted this as life as normal now, but it's not. It says, the cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. Oh, that's a big one. Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? Look, we're not talking about salvation here. But if this is these things, if this is the way you want to live your life, go for it. It's your life. Live it but know that you will not be able to walk in certain gifts and levels of power that Christ has purchased for you on the cross that he wants to freely give you to operate in. Because these things right here put you in cooperation with the enemy. These things right here give the enemy authority to come into your life because you have given him authority, even though Christ has purchased it all for you on the cross, and it's a free gift to you. 
you have said, no, I'd rather cooperate with the enemy right here. So you've given the enemy authority, and you're not going to be able to walk in power and peace, and you're not really going to be able to walk in complete freedom. (coughs) Let me tell you, before I got saved, I liked to drink. I wasn't an alcoholic, but I liked to drink. Before that, before I was in the military, I liked to do drugs. And I thought I was completely free. You know, that was back way back then, too. That was the age of, um, you know, the me movement or whatever. It was like, I got to find myself. You ever, I don't know if any of you remember that, but there was a big uh, period of time there where it was really cool to find yourself, right? And so I was living during that time. That, that was kind of my growing up year. So anyway, I thought I was free because I could choose to do all those things on my own. When I finally got saved and came to the Lord, my eyes opened up. And I realized I wasn't free to do anything. Those things were controlling me. I thought I had control. But once I was truly free to choose how I wanted to live my life, I realized that those drugs and alcohol and relationships I shouldn't be in, those were the things that were controlling my decisions in life. Those were the things that decided where I would go, when I would go, who I would see, what I would do. I wasn't really free at all. See, now I'm free because, like I've said to you several times already, I can go back to those things if I choose, but I don't choose. Okay? But the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Amen. All of those things are meant to be limitless in our lives, in your life. See, there's no cap on things for you. You can be all you want to be in Christ. You just have to choose. You just have to choose. I love the translation because it says, the peace that subdues. Well, what does it subdue? It subdues that battle that's raging on within us is what it subdues so that it brings perfect peace. We talked about it. When you have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and you're trying to do this, you know, straddle the fence and, you know, your, your life is, it produces anger, it produces resentment, it re- produces anxiety, it produces fear, it produces depression. It makes you emotionally unstable, mentally unstable. 
It makes you spiritually stagnant. It makes you physically ill. When you realize that you really can't control anybody or anything, that's when you can start submitting. You submit to the peace that surpasses all understanding in God. When you realize, you know what, I can't control any of this anyway. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know where we're going from here. But this I do know, Lord. You know. And you've got my back. And if I trust in you and hide myself in you, then everything is going to be okay. Because your promises to me are yes and amen. And I will not accept any accusation against the Father that says differently. Stop accepting the enemy's accusations against the Father. Because... That does not produce peace. <laughs> Perfect example of how powerful the peace that surpasses all understanding is, is the story of Jesus in the boat. You had a great hurricane, right? Yeah, great storm happening. Not only does this story, not only does this story demonstrate how powerful the peace of the Holy Spirit is, but it also demonstrates how much the Father loves us. <clears throat> Here you have this tremendous storm, and the disciples are terrified. They don't know what to do. You've got waves crashing. Um, have you ever seen that show? What is it called? The... the greatest catch or is that what it's called boy I'll tell you what I don't know how those guys do it you ever see some of the storms they're in trying to catch crab for us to eat no so here you got the disciples and they're in these boats and the waves are crashing thunder is everywhere lightning is going on rain is pelting down they're terrified and where's Jesus he's asleep in the boat so Peter goes down and cries out to Jesus. Now, the waves crashing and the boat tossing around didn't wake up Jesus. Thunder all over the place didn't wake up Jesus. Pelting rain didn't wake up Jesus because he wasn't in fear. He, didn't, he had perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. But the moment he heard the voice of one of his own, he woke up. That woke him up. That he answered. See, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that allowed him to sleep through the storm and have that kind of peace is the same Holy Spirit that resides in you. It resides in me. The reason Jesus could sleep through the storm and the disciples couldn't is because Jesus was fully submitted to the Holy Spirit and he trusted his Father and he knew his Father and he accepted no accusation against his Father. And so there was nothing in him but the peace of God. 
we could sleep through that same exact storm if we submit ourselves fully to the Holy Spirit and cooperate with the Spirit of God. And know this, that in the times that we don't get it right, like Peter and the disciples, the minute the Father hears our voice, he answers. And he is there. I love the song we sang this morning about the Holy Spirit. Help us to, I don't even remember the, the words now, but it's about helping us to be more aware of your presence, I think it says. When you call out the Father, still yourself. When you call out to the Father, still yourself and be more aware of his presence because he will answer you because he does love you and he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I hope this blessed you today. Thank you. I hope, um, I, I, sometimes I have a tendency to be a little harsh uh, and, and not as delicate with my words, so I hope I didn't hurt anybody or offend anybody too much. But let me pray for you, and then y'all are dismissed, okay? So, Father, I just thank you that you purchased for us peace that surpasses all understanding. I thank you that that is a free gift that you have given to us, that it is a fruit of your Holy Spirit that indwells with us. So, Father, I just ask today, as we go forth today in this week, that you will help us to be more aware of your presence, that you will show us how we can totally submit our lives to you more on a daily basis, be in communion with you so that we can walk in that peace that surpasses all understanding. And, Father, if there is anyone here that doesn't know you and wants to know your son, if, there, if everybody can just close their eyes, is there anybody here that doesn't know Jesus as their own personal Savior and doesn't experience <coughs> that peace that surpasses all understanding. If you are, no one's looking around. If you could raise your hand because Jesus wants to know you. He died on the cross for you. And you're important to him. He knows your name. He knows everything you're going through right now. And he wants to enter into your life if you'll let him. And he wants to show you a better way. Is there anybody here? Okay, well, Father, I just thank you for your love that surpasses all understanding, your peace that surpasses all understanding, and I just bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen.